Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. <laughs> no, not We're back just... to China. This isn't China. Yeah. This, this is, is Las a... Vegas, Nevada. Wow. Okay, that's really ignorant. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he... Armstrong and Getty. I mentioned the other day that I read Streetcar Named Desire over the weekend. Yeah, to prove you're better than us, yes. And uh, one thing that happens in that uh, player uh, screenplay, if you're uh, not aware, is Blanche Dubois, she likes it dark in every room. And you don't understand what's going on until the, the, the end of the thing. But she, like, she shows up with a lampshade to the apartment and puts it over the light and is always dimming the light and everything. It's because she is horrified. She's a vampire. She's horrified by her aging appearance. And, mm. I, and I just realized when I walk in the room, Sean's sitting in here with the lights bright, and I always go, oh, my God, and I turn the lights way down low. Right. I'm like Blanche Dubois from Streetcar Jack, Named Jack Desire. Jack Dubois. I turn mm. the lights down low to try to hide my aging from everybody. I think that's what's going on here. And you're a vampire. Live from Studio C. C-O-V-I-D, senor. Hey, dimly lit room, deeper than the bowels. Yes, it is a dimly lit room. I mean dim, and I'd like it to be dimmer. Deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody, today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Richard Cloward and Francis Fox Piven. Okay, who are those people? They're the authors of the Cloward Piven Strategy. Oh, fantastic. And what is that? (laughs) Well, in 1966, they came up with it. It was quite popular in Democratic circles. The idea is you precipitate a crisis that would lead to the replacement of the current welfare system with a guaranteed annual income system. If you can throw enough at the welfare system to make it collapse, it will reform into a socialist system. Interesting. Yeah. Do I get money in the short term in that scenario? Yes, you Excellent. would. Absolutely. I'm, I'm all for it. Socialism, actually, short term is a fantastic way of well, That's life. what I'm worried about, short yeah. term. That's a, a great way to approach life. <laughs> 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 and we can talk more about that a little bit later on. Uh, it's uh, it, it's interesting stuff, though, and you can see it happening. I have a great example of a, a California Congress gal who is Utterly Looney Tunes. I mean, you are going to guffaw at some of the things she's demanding, but it all has to do with Clower Piven and, and trying to overwhelm the system, so we reform into a uh, fabulous communist workers' utopia. Sounds like a morning show, Clower and Piven. We've got the traffic. we got nine hits in a row, commercial-free, and all the weather for you. When you hear the same artist twice back-to-back, you be caller 10. <laughs> Winner. And while we're all sheltering in place, let's not forget to hold together, all right? We'll check out our Facebook page, Clower and Piven, coming right after us. <laughs> Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, you know, I, so I woke up late this morning. I was, uh, I was a slept, so I have to, I had to drive somewhat repeatedly to, uh, to end up here on time. Repeatedly? Yes. And, just, uh, I don't think that's a word. And you know just, what? Just let him go. And you know what held me back the most was the freaking traffic. I mean, my commute is 100% of what my commute always is. That's and, crazy. And it was never much less. Do you live on Essential Island? <laughs> it was never much less, really, at the lowest. But it's definitely just full-on traffic going both ways like it is, uh, you know, traveling from the country to the city as it has been for the many years I've been doing this. 
you know, it's it's probably worth figuring out why that is. Since, you know, for instance, quite famously now, Cal Unicornia has seen a 50% reduction in accident rates. Yeah. So obviously there's vastly less traffic, but at certain times of the day, evidently, everybody involved in the so-called essential uh, gigs is on the road. Yeah, I've only got my own little 30-mile slice at a particular time of day in a particular spot, but all those people are going to work, and they're, they're all out there. So as you I drive, say, You drive 30 miles in that big truck of yours? Uh, all alone in there? Do yeah, you have it, a carpool? It's the why, biggest, why do you hate the earth? It's the biggest vehicle I could find. If there's a bigger one, I will trade it in and get that one. You should keep uh, the lights low to hide your shame. And you know why? I hate the earth. Although... <laughs> You get that new Tesla in a heartbeat, I feel. It's, it's my I least favorite you, planet. I hate yours. Oh, I would love that new Tesla. I don't Tesla know if you purchased it, but if you, if you found your, like if you won that on Wheel of Fortune oh, or something, you'd be oh, driving that all oh, the time. I want that so bad. Wait, 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 is there a new, new Tesla? No, that new Cybertruck thing that oh, looks like oh, a Tonka yeah. truck. That, yeah, that thing yeah. is so bad. Um, I do want one of those. Uh, uh, I want oh, two of those, one for each testicle, oh, because oh. they are so <laughs> manly looking. <laughs> Uh, oil's so cheap right now, though, I uh, probably am doing the world a favor by driving a vehicle that gets 15 miles to the gallon, right? <laughs> You're making money. Yeah. There, uh, let's introduce I wish everybody it worked to that way. Let's introduce everybody to kick off the show. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Got it. The speed I was driving today, what was my gas mileage? Five? Probably about five. Uh, how are you this morning, Mike? Hey, uh, speaking of highway speeds, I noticed they wrote the highway signs said, if you have to travel, drive slowly. You know, and so they're definitely cracking down on the uh, speed. Yeah. It's just a matter of time before they start throwing down tax trips, you know, on, on drivers. <laughs> we got a text yesterday about, uh, you know, you can tell when they're hurting for revenue. Is is that what drives it? I mean, is it purely a, uh, we're in law enforcement and people are driving uh, uh, too fast and we want people to be safe. So let's get out there. Is it a holy crap? We're not making any money with half the drivers and we got to get out there and give some tickets. Because I, on my way home, I'll bet I see 10 highway patrolmen now where I would occasionally see one. You know, you did the story yesterday of how many people are uh, getting busted for going over 100 miles per hour. Yeah. But uh, it could easily be one of those situations where both things are true. People are driving like lunatics because they have the space and you got these big, wide, you know, reasonably smooth highways. So you feel like, well, why don't I turn her loose a little bit today? And, but and at in, the same time, they want the revenue. Let's let these ponies run. And in the school of fish defense, there are less fish in the sea. So the ratio of, of cops to drivers is, is more in favor of good point. That, and, so. and, and essential people probably drive faster because we, we have things to do. Not places exactly. to be. <laughs> Out of our way in essential peons. <laughs> There's positive Sean who smiles lights up the room how are you sean doing very well a uh, very special i don't know how often this happens this is the first thing that i've uh, been aware of it in terms of a somewhat of a celebrity but happy birthday and death day to one william shakespeare born april 23rd 1564 died april 23rd 1616 mm. uh, a fool thinks himself to be wise but a wise man knows himself to be a fool that actually that damned if you do damned if you don't that actually would be a pretty good thing to do throughout the day for something different and something entertaining and bring a little culture to some of you people read a uh, book is uh (laughs) shakespeare quotes throughout the morning because there's a hell of a lot of good ones i'm down for three shakespeare's (laughs) find yourself a good shakespeare site there uh sean Oh, yeah, I love I, that idea. I just like the list of words Shakespeare invented that are still in use. That yeah. is astounding. It is. Fervent, I believe, is the one that sticks in my mind. Oh, there are dozens there are so of expressions. Yeah. And here's a thing that a high school English teacher taught me that I never verified, but I've repeated dozens of times throughout my life like it's fact. Like Pre- a talk show host. Yeah, pre-Shakespeare 
Latin was the language of the scholars. It was him coming along saying, hey, have you heard what you can do with English? That kind of made that to be huh? the universal language of, of the intellect. Wait, I'll go. be danged. Never heard that before. Maybe uh, made up crap, but what the heck. And I always recall my freshman year speech that I gave about Shakespeare, in which I confused the class but wowed my teacher who had a good sense of humor as he was tell- he was teaching us the structure of speech and writing and that sort of stuff and i my introduction was speaking of shakespeare and he really really enjoyed that for some reason <laughs> wow wow he said technically that's not a good way to, to to introduce a topic but it was very entertaining speaking of shakespeare um. Uh. Uh. We got some news. We got to hit you with in a second. But uh, I'd uh, say I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is how did it already get to be Thursday, April the twenty third, the year twenty twenty. Where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Here's the beginning of the show now officially, according to FCC rules and regulations. Filling out the form, applying for the aid from Congress at Mark. Uh, whether it was gowns, masks, gloves, right. ventilators. Why does it all come back to China? Why is everything made in China? Good question. Because it's cheap, you numbskull. Because it's cheap, and as a population, we demand the cheapest, crappiest thing we get. It doesn't matter if it's crappy. doesn't matter if it doesn't work. doesn't matter if it'll break right away. We'll buy it. Better, rather than spend an extra dollar for the one that works, we'll buy the, it. The question, my governing friend, is should we allow all of this stuff to be made in China? Uh, good Strategically. Uh, we should hit- China is asshole! That's a good point. Worth keeping in mind. Yep. Um, speaking of jobless numbers, so the new ones are out, and I guess you'd consider this marginally good news because the number is four <laughs> instead of ten million. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it ain't really good news. Um, could be worse. Cloward Piven. Four point four million people filed jobless claims last week, so the total is now a staggering. It says here in the New York Times. I don't need you to put the adjectives in there. You can just give me the numbers. I'll decide whether or not it's staggering. Uh, staggering 26 million and historic labor market decline, says the Wall Street Journal. I would say so. I think that is defensible. Yeah. I have not staggered. <sighs> so that not so much. Um, uh, how's mailbag look? Oh, it's, it's really good. Uh, I am going to give air. We are going to give air, Jack, to opposing points of view because we're big men and we can handle it. Oh, fantastic. And Shakespeare quotes throughout the day since it's birthday and death day. I think that's a great idea. All in the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. So a number of things to talk about today, a lot of them. Uh, We're changing our strategy with China because we're waking up to what an enemy they are of the United States. Yes, finally. Uh, Wall Street Journal with a good uh, goat to put the horns on for the beginning of the federal response to the coronavirus. The guy was giving advice to Trump and turns out to be full of crap. So uh, stay tuned for that. Right. Man, a cavalcade of of great features for you today. I have so much I want to get into. So let's do mailbag right now. We're going to pause our freedom-loving quote of the day series with Ludwig von Mises. uh, Briefly, to observe Shakespeare's birthday, Positive Sean has another Shakespeare quote. We know what we are, but know not what we may be. 
You got it's an- not among his best. You got another one? <laughs> oh, sure. Uh, love sought is good, but given unsought is better. Sounds I'm trying like to I, stalking, maybe. I, mean, I don't know. Go wherefore out thou window breaks. I'm trying not to do the things everybody knows. Well, yeah, obviously. How was fun? Your first one was a blockbuster. Yeah, I, I really do like that one. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Here's one. Here. Cowards die many times before their yeah, deaths. That's a good one. Uh, the valiant yeah. never taste of death but once. That is one mm. I've stuck in my mind since ninth grade. Since the first that, time I ever heard of that's it. That's a good. That's a good. As a coward, it is stuck in my mind. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Moving along. Let's see. On the edibility of squirrels, I mentioned that uh, <laughs> the meat industry is in crisis in the United States as packing plants are closing down all around America. Prices are going up. And interestingly enough, oh, man, if I go off on this tangent, it's going to kill all our time. Mm. I'm going to anyway. So here's the problem. You have your meat processing plants not processing the meat. So the meat Prices go sky high on the shelves, and it causes shortages. Meanwhile, the meat farmers can't sell their meat to the processing plants because they're going as fast as they can with a fragment of their workers, and so they've got to get rid of the they just you know I don't know murder the, the animals or or whatever. You got to sell me live beasts then, and when we all just go on YouTube and figure out how to slaughter a pig, I got we, a fence. We do it in our garage. Yeah, I I can handle. I don't know, probably four or five cows and probably half a dozen hogs back here. You think here. you can slaughter a pig with your bare hands? With my bare hands? Well, okay, wear gloves, but do you think you could slaughter a pig? Can I shoot it? Ah, uh, Where you live, I doubt it. So I gotta like... Oh, jeez, I don't know. You gotta hang it upside down from what I've seen in movies. Can I have a couple shots of whiskey first? <laughs> I, it wouldn't come naturally to me. I'll I'll tell you that. You I'm, a, the, I'm, a passion, I'm a compassionate man. Did you see the movie Cold Mountain when that old lady uh, takes out the goat? I can't remember. Uh, it was ages ago, maybe. I found that pretty gruesome. Mm. And, uh, mm. What and, did goat do? <laughs> it was delicious. Anyway. Gr- you know, grew up delicious. That <laughs> yeah, was its crime. That was its sin. Uh, here is Here is my point. So you have uh, farmers now, and we got a great note from a dairy farmer about how all this works. They can't sell the product they because they're constantly at the margin of of you know failure in a lot of family farms, small, medium sized farms, but um, very small margins. But so then they have no revenue. They can't sell the stock, so they can't restock for next year, and no. they're going broke in the rest of it. It's almost a perfect metaphor for communism and for socialist systems where. There are choke points where the bureaucrats who run the plant, for instance, are incredibly inefficient. Nobody has an incentive to do better. There's no profit motive, etc. So you have the uh, the crops lying fallow in the fields. The farmers, even if they produce it, can't get it to market. And then on the consumer end, you have terrible shortages. So in a weird way, the commie bat flu is uh, is 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 like a metaphor for communism. What it's doing to the meat market. Anyway, moving along. Uh, a nice uh, recipe from Thomas on cooking up squirrels because I got a lot of squirrels in my neighborhood, and if we can't get any meat, I'm going to start eating squirrels. I mean, oh, people I... eat squirrels. Oh, I don't know if I could. It's like a, a squirrel hot pocket. One of Sean's favorites. He writes. Uh, it's from the famous Sacramento chef Hank Shaw, a squirrel pie. Mmm, delicious. <laughs> Moving along. Uh, Stephen writes, I find it shockingly sad how people view some workers as essential, while others are viewed as non-essential. My work is essential to my family's success. Yeah, good one. People who view some work as essential mean essential to them. And he, he, he reinforces the point. 
there's a lot of the nomenclature that we kind of took up quickly that maybe if we rethought it, we'd, we'd use differently. But, um, yeah, it's, it's probably a poor choice of words. And as we've said many times lately, at this point, now that we have a better handle on uh, Chairman Xi's uh, Chinese bat death, uh, or, or I've been working on Chinese bat fever. What do you think of that? I want to come it's going to be over by the time you settle on a name. All right. Um. Anyway, so uh, oh, it's not about being essential or unessential. It's being safe or unsafe. It doesn't matter if you run the dumbest, least essential store in the world with three employees, and you can do it safely. For God's sake, do it. Right. Keep everybody employed. Now, Kevin from Boston writes, I've been a devout listener since uh, Sean's unfortunate bout with a bunch of hot dogs. I've loved the show. <laughs> I wasn't unfortunate. Uh, re- I was victorious. Yeah. R- recently, I've found it hard to listen. Honestly, how are you guys so terrified of the Chinese wet bat virus? Clearly, it's been around for months now. Obviously, it isn't se- very severe for most. T- statistically, even now, you're unlikely to catch it. Do I sound terrified? I don't feel like I sound terrified. No, neither do I. (laughs) Discussing the minutiae of how to handle passing your credit card to a clerk or calling someone's gloved hands disgusting makes you guys sound like a couple of scared suburban moms. (laughs) I can't stand it. Wow. Uh, I don't want to get the germ, man. I don't want to get the germ. There's no doubt about it. Wow. He's just like shoving his hairy chest at us and Mm. then pushing us backward in a bar. Go ahead. Go around licking those credit card things then, dude. Do whatever you want. I don't care. He calls us Karens on the radio. It's terrible. (laughs) Kevin, how dare you, sir? I thought we were buddies. Singing a different song before you started cashing those Fauci checks. Huh? What? Yeah. (laughs) The Fauci checks. That's right. We're on the take from Fauci, somebody said. (laughs) What? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The world was rocked by reports that Kim Jong-un may be gravely ill after secretly undergoing heart surgery. And this was major news. I mean, I didn't know Kim Jong-un had a heart. Ah, there you go. Um, And no new news out of there, huh? So... He's either no. okay or dead, or who knows what. We'll find out. <clears throat> they are hooked up to a bunch of machines, and various generals are looking at each other side-eyed, thinking, I wonder who makes the first move. <laughs> so another uh, 4.4 million people filed for unemployment in the last week, bringing the total to, what, 26, 27 million, something like that. Just absolutely astounding. You know, so far off the charts, you got to get new charts <clears throat> for the territory that we're in right now, and that's why we're uh, doling out money left and right to try to help people out. <clears throat> Just uh, came across an article in the Wall Street Journal about how the banks have uh, have become even bigger. This pandemic has made America's banks even bigger than they've ever been before. If you thought Excellent. They, if you thought they were too big to fail in the past, wait till you see now. Well, big and abusive. <laughs> so fantastic. Yeah, getting to that. So we we, we blew through three hundred and fifty billion dollars in two weeks, uh, giving out loans, which blew through is is fine with me if it's going to the right places because that just means they did it fast. I'm right. not. I'm not quite sure how how we had a 2.3 trillion dollar package, and only 350 billion of that is the loan part. What's the other two trillion dollars? 
Well, we've read some of the list, and I have it handy, actually, but, but it's good God. spreading money around to anyone and everyone, states, localities, everybody. But reading from, uh, actually, this is from the dispatch, because we've talked about this a little bit about why it was so hard for some businesses to get their loans. For thousands of small businesses across the country, Tuesday's agreement couldn't have come soon enough as the PPP, that's the, the, the program that's given out money to people to try to not go broke during this whole thing, Provided relief to 1.6 million companies, but countless others have struggled to break through. Only 20% of small businesses that applied for a PPP loan had money deposited in their account uh, by uh, the writing of this, which was two days ago, according to a survey from the National Federation of Independent Business. Only 20%. Well, no no wonder the uh, two people I know that have applied haven't gotten their money. They're Mm -hmm. in that vast 80%. And they quote a couple of different people. On uh, an ophthalmologist practice here who is quoted in the morning dispatch a few Fridays back as he's in the 80%. I'm in contact with physicians nationwide, he said. <clears throat> None of my colleagues who had existing relationships with big banks, such as Bank of America, Wells Fargo, or in my case, Chase, got their loans funded by today when the well went dry. Everyone I know that did get funded went through a community bank. That's pretty interesting. That's not a coincidence. No, no, that gets to the well, it's now known how they did it. Uh, a little more uh, anecdotal evidence. The owner of Pain and Wonder Tattoo Body Piercing in Athens, Georgia, reported something similar. I filled out the form for Wells Fargo within 20 minutes, 20 minutes of it launching, and when they finally sent me an application, it was back to them within an hour and a half, and I'll still be completely unlikely to get it. The only banks that have been able to really support small businesses have been smaller local trusts. Well, so that's a, that's a yank on the old Prince Albert, huh? So, oof. <laughs> So a collection of small businesses has filed class action lawsuits against Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, U.S. Bank, and Wells Fargo over these loans. The suits allege that each of the four banks concealed from the public that they were reshuffling the applications they received to prioritize the applications that would make the bank the most money, not on a first-come, first-served basis as the government had promised. J.P. Morgan Chase and U.S. Bank have denied the accusations. Well, of course they have. An Associated Press investigation found that at least 94 publicly traded companies received money. (laughs) So, wow. Uh, So, uh, the Shake Shack burger chain made headlines this week announcing it would return the $10 million loan it had received. Uh, But, so, yeah, if you were a big company, you got your money, almost certainly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. If you were not, you did not. That is really, really troubling. I'll tell you what, and I don't want to get too far into this because it's a little dry, but if you see somebody in your local park working out and running and jogging and boxing sides of beef like Rocky Balboa getting in shape, that's lobbyists because there's some big-time lobbying about to happen, uh, in particular uh, in business insurance because a lot of businesses have what they call uh you know what I don't have in front of me? Essentially, it's business stoppage insurance. If it's impossible for you to conduct your business, a, a tornado wipes out your shop or whatever, and, and you just can't do business, you've been paying for insurance for that. Well, the insurance companies are, are claiming uh, pandemics are not covered in this. Absolutely not. And the businesses are saying, uh, you show me that fine print, please, because I don't see it. And uh, the lobbying is about to begin in earnest. One more business note. Uh, Jeff sent this along, and I appreciate it very much. I'll... uh show it to jack it is a picture off of the shores of long beach california which is one of the major ports in america of i can't even count how many it's a couple of dozen gigantic oil tankers just parked offshore like it's you know uh, 20 foot boats at a regatta 
You know, it's like at the, the popular lake near you in the summertime and girls in bikinis are on top of them. It's amazing. All those gigantic boats just sitting there thinking, eh, nobody wants our oil. <laughs> they wanted it so bad a couple of weeks ago, and now nobody wants it. Wow, that's wild. So you got a bunch of Bulgarian crew members bored, so there's drunk, an... just looking at California, wishing they could come aboard. So the arguments being uh, made by the left, I should dig up the AOC uh, tweet from the other day, but the arguments been made being made by the green crowd that with oil this low, it shows that that whole market is collapsing and now is the best time to get into green energy. <laughs> and Jonah Goldberg pointed out the other day, any time a crowd uses both ends of the spectrum as an argument for why you should go their direction, you have to be concerned. So when oil prices are high, it's this is ridiculous. You got to go with green energy. Look at how high the oil prices are when they're at record highs. When they're at record lows, is oh, the market's collapsing. There's no need for this anymore. You need to go with green energy. You can't I, be both. My argument was going to be be quiet. The adults are trying to solve a problem here. Okay. With your fancy, your teenage fantasies of windmills, just settle down. We'll we'll get there eventually. But now is absolutely. You talk about killing the global economy. That would choke whatever life is left in it. Just Coming see, up on the Armstrong and Getty Show, does flatulence cause or spread the coronavirus? I've heard this is a rumor. Doctors weigh in. Rumor, nothing. I've looked into the science. Oof. I've 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 replicated the study in my own lab. So stay with us. Seven more tigers have the coronavirus at the Bronx Zoo. Durr. Has Joe Exotic been informed? Where is Carol Baskin? Yeah. Not a coincidence <laughs> that she's still on the loose, probably feeding people to tigers. Right. Probably. Because she has lawyers, so I have to... <laughs> allegedly. Well, listen now. This rekindles my concern that if you got your bats, then you got your humans, and now you got your big cats... How many species can get this thing, and can they spread it? Right, and keep it around in the population. Um, so even if we, you know, we we get it tamped down, if uh, if all the animals at the zoo or everybody's dogs got it or whatever, <laughs> right? Um, right. Did you see Trump uh, telling the uh, telling the state of Georgia that he thinks that that they're opening too early? He said it's up to you, but uh, I think you're probably opening a little too early. I did. What, what a great play on his part. To uh, to be the, uh, the you know come off as the voice of uh, you know st- slowing things down after getting beaten up for weeks for speeding things up. Right. Yeah. You know that's a good point. It's funny. I being overly sincere about everything. I uh, I mostly was thinking this is this is republicanism. This is a republic. This is the state saying, with all due respect, we have our needs over here. We're going to do it this way. The president says, I probably wouldn't, but eh, it's your call. That's the way the country's supposed to work. We'll have to see how it goes. Oh, oh, speaking of disagreements, we need to get to uh, the, the mayor of Las Vegas jawing and wrestling with Anderson Cooper. Yeah, we have that coming up. Excellent. The long and short being she wants to open up. Right. And say, uh, hey. So uh, speaking of opening up, the first live sporting event in America is going to happen in a month. And it's going to be in South Dakota, and it's going to be a relatively small, but it's uh, some uh, motor racing. Racing, racing, racing this Sunday night under the lights. Uh, in South Dakota, they're going to do a race, and they're going to have everybody sit uh, properly apart from each other and all that sort of stuff, so they'll only have a, a, a much smaller crowd than they normally would. So not filling to capacity. Right. The, yeah. the Speedway holds 4,000 people, but they've sold 700 tickets so that everybody can sit spread out and everything like that. And the argument would be... It's better to have that than nothing in terms of making money. 
Yeah, as long as you're not losing money below a certain number, but yeah. obviously they're not. Yeah, or they wouldn't do it. Man, I love the uh, the local medium-sized track racing. I used to go with my son a lot. I miss that. I mean, it's not NASCAR or anything. It's just like they run seven different races oh, you, at different classes and the rest of it, but sure. it's fun. Well, it's exciting. You say, I'll take the number two card, and your kid says, I got the number four, and then you watch them race. When you're generally sitting so close, and I think your chance for a wreck goes up, so that's always exciting. Well, and there's beers. <laughs> Lots of beers. <laughs> so I haven't actually heard this, Sean, the Anderson Cooper battling the mayor of Las Vegas. How good it is. You you built it up pretty big, big pre-show. It's among the most chaotic interviews I've ever seen really? on cable news. Right. Yeah. That's a good tease. Let's just get to it next. What yeah. do you think? Stay tuned on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. There's a Chinese researchers have shown uh, how this virus spreads. And I just want to put up for Ooh, our viewers. I just want to put up for our viewers. This is a, a restaurant. Anderson, you are tough. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about just... China. This isn't China. Yeah. This, this is, is Las a... Vegas, Nevada. Wow. Okay. That's really ignorant. This is a restaurant. And the that's yellow circle, that's an ignorant, that, ignorant statement. That's, what? that's a restaurant. And yes, it's in China, but there are human beings, too. Wow. Okay. So Holy this is, crap. This is in, to a heck of a start. This interview went on for 25 minutes. So is that the start of it? Uh, no, no. That's, no, that's, that's somebody... yeah, it started off much more boring, and then it, it okay, kind of ramped okay. up so over he, time. He didn't that's... start right at the beginning with that's ignorance. No. That's Carolyn Goodman, the uh, mayor of Las Vegas, that's, you should know, who's advocating opening up Vegas to whatever extent is possible. Now, I haven't heard the whole thing, uh, and uh, and I probably am more, more on her side philosophically than his on this, but... Seems like he is going a little harsh there, of the bat. Well, for an he, elected official deciding to do this, you, you know, probing questions are fine. Just the calling you ignorant for your position doesn't seem right. But well, not only that, her point, I'm guessing, is that absolutely no data from China should be taken at face value. Don't don't show me a Chinese statement about how it spread and tell me that applies to Las Vegas. Now, I don't she, want to hear China's stats. Is this mayor of Vegas? She a business person, former showgirl? Do we know what uh, where her situation is? I don't know her. Can her, kick her uh, leg really high, or is she resume, come from a business background? I don't know. I, I assume she's friendly to tourism, though. Yeah, <laughs> if one she got a leg that mayor of Vegas. One would yeah. assume. But so we're going to roll on with this. Uh, what you say is one of the more interesting interviews we've ever heard. So here we go. The reality is, I want us open in the city of Las Vegas so our people right. can go back to work. You're encouraging hundreds of thousands of people coming there in casinos, smoking, drinking, touching slot machines. Doesn't that sound like a virus petri dish? You're being an alarmist. I'm not. I've lived a long life. I grew up in the heart of Manhattan. I know what it's like to be with subways and on buses and crammed into elevators. I think you are by saying what you have just said. So you don't believe there should be any social distancing? You don't believe that this is a... Of course I believe there should be. How do you do that in a casino? That's up to them to figure out. I don't own a casino. Well, that part, uh, that that last part, uh, sounds reasonable to me. Sure, uh, you, they, you, you could, and and Anderson's how are you going to social distance the casino? You could do it. 
Yeah, he asks it like it's some rhetorical question. How many angels dance on the head of a pin, please? No, 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 no. This is not a rhetorical question. It's a question with an answer. Whether people you close every uh, two out of three slot machines and you disinfect them every five minutes and, and all the eating areas, you know, every other table's closed and all that sort of stuff that they're, they're going to do at restaurants. And we'll see before. how it goes for a couple of months. And people who have, you know, free will and the free movement that we have here in the United States will go and, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, well, well, I've got more points on this, but the freaking true. rich Manhattan media elite. Oh, God, he makes my skin crawl. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. minute. I'm sorry. You're the mayor of Las Vegas, and you want casinos to be open, even though you have no authority, thankfully, over casinos. But you you say open them up, but you have no responsibility about how that would be done safely. No, no, you're blurring. No, 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 you're blurring. You said it's not not your job. I am not a private owner of a hotel. I wish I were. And I would have the cleanest hotel with six feet figured out for every human being comes so in there. If you can't figure out how to do this safely, why, as mayor of a city that you were responsible for the people's safety, are you calling for something that you have no plan for how it would be done safely? I am not a private owner. That's the competition in this country, the free, the free enterprise, and to be able to make sure that what you offer the public meets the needs of the public right now we're in a crisis health-wise and so for a restaurant to be open or a small uh, boutique to be open they better figure it out that's their job that's so not the mayor's you. job so the- anderson cooper is just being a dick <laughs> like she said they'll figure it out well if you don't have a plan how do you expect to do this i already said that so here's the here's the quote that's getting the most of uh, the traction that i've seen over the the social medias we offer to be a control group anybody who knows anything about statistics knows that for instance you have a vaccine you're offering you the, real the citizens of las vegas to be a control group to see if your I theory on social distancing no, 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 work. wrong. Absolutely wrong. Don't put words in my mouth. You just said, said we'll be a control offer, group. Excuse me. What I said was I offered to be a control group. All right. So what I would be interested in and mostly is if you opened up the casinos, um, how would people react? How would they uh, how would they behave themselves in the casino? Because there is a belief amongst some as they look at various cities, states and countries around the world. People, as they get information, um, are, uh, are are doing it themselves mostly without having to uh, have a government tell you what you can and can't do. People are staying far apart. Like when I'm at the Petco or wherever I am, people are standing more than six feet apart, not because they're worried some Petco police is going to come give them a ticket or something. Right. It's because we want to avoid getting, uh, getting uh, the heebie-jeebies. And in parts of the world, including China. Where they've reopened various restaurants, people are trickling in because they're not entirely comfortable with being among a crowd. I actually would like to see how people would respond to that, speaking of being a control group. If you opened up one of the casinos, would people stay stay six feet apart from each other? Uh, I think they would, but... Well, to a large extent, your late-night drinking and smoking crowd probably would not. I mean, it's going to... Casino workers offer them double time to work, and if they don't want to, they stay home. It's going to be difficult to enjoy the the people that enjoy the prostitution. I don't know how you're going to do that. 
They'll find a way. Safely. They'll find a way. Exactly. Yeah. You got to be yep. creative. They weren't necessarily the most hygienic group in the first place, so I don't know how concerned they're going to be. Jack, like they say, love will find a way. <laughs> well, my uh, respect for and affection for Anderson love Cooper will find a way. <laughs> has, uh, <With> Vegas horse. <laughs> That's kind of a funny thing to say. I believe Shakespeare uh, yeah. said that first. Uh, so there, there's no my there's respect no... for and admiration for Anderson Cooper has. Plunged, plunged. So, so th- there's no bristling from you guys about a, a an elected official volunteering the citizens of her constituency to be a control group for a pandemic study. Well, she doesn't have the power to just do that. She is saying we're interested in it. She can't just do it anyway. It's up to the governor or whatever. And and so you know, no, she can't. She doesn't have the power to do that. She's saying Las Vegas is entirely dependent on tourism. We need tourism. We're willing to give it a shot. But and, I, and I, any citizen who doesn't want to go to a casino won't go to a casino. Yeah, I, I just I it, it strikes me as wrong of the governing class sitting in their walled compounds telling the minimum wage workers that okay you guys need to go out and figure this out if it's safe for the rest because she's not going to be there on opening day i seriously doubt it she might for a ribbon cutting ceremony or something like that That, right and that's why i talked about if you want to come in and work you get double time or whatever and make it voluntary because if you make it compulsory yeah you're right that's a little funky i would it would be an interesting experiment experiment would employees show up how would they act and then would you get customers? I don't I don't know the answer to any of those things. I don't know if you get your employee. I don't know if the maids and everybody, maids, Jack, freaks carrying your bags up your room. I don't know if those people would come back or not. And I don't know if you'd have any customers. I really don't. I mean, I, I, I don't know for a while. You're not banned from flying on planes, but the planes are completely empty and the airports are empty. Right. So you might open up the casinos and they'd, they'd just be empty. Right, right. Well, we need to let the laboratories of democracy function, but I see Sean's point. You don't want to be Dr. Mengel over here doing, you know, experiments on the unwilling. Armstrong and Getty.